All right, well, welcome to this week's special episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. While the Business Wise podcast was originated as a benefit to wise members in the East U.S., it didn't take long for it to go, I guess you call it viral. I'm not uh, that much into that lingo particularly, but viral and reach just about everywhere, four corners of Earth. Consequently, the series has listeners and even study groups as far off as India, Australia. We couldn't be happier here at YZ Stress that our efforts are so well received and so valuable to so many. We even had uh, parents write us and tell us that they play business-wise while picking up their kids at school and have had to drive around the block a few times to finish an episode before they can get back home at the demand of their young passengers. So that's probably the highest, biggest compliment we ever get. It means a lot when you write us with these uh, anecdotes, I have to say. Some are really, really moving, so please don't hesitate. You can write us at info at wiseeastus.org with any stories or successes. These really are our pay for doing this. At any rate, there is a study group in Southern Africa who've been writing in and actually asking for us to show up there someday. As it happens, one of my best friends lives in Africa, and while it's definitely on our bucket list to visit the dark continent someday. Not so dark, this continent, by the way. I think we're going to have to change the name to Continent of Light because they're really adopting uh, Mr. Hubbard's solutions there in a very, very big way. From the top of their organizing board to the bottom, it's, it's really quite something. But anyway, until we show up there, we thought in the interim we would take a break from our long series on the conditions formulas and record a special episode for our listeners in Africa. And we decide for lack of a better title to call it, Achieving Success for Real. Before I get into this, it might be of interest to any listener to know that L. Ron Hubbard spent quite a bit of time in Africa, establishing centers there and new programs to spread the solutions that he developed for the benefit of all mankind. He even wrote, I don't have the year exactly when he wrote this, I have the day, 25 February, probably fairly early, the early 60s, I don't know for sure. But he says here, quote, from Southern Africa will spring the next great civilization on this planet, end quote. So, in wishing my African members all the success possible, and to all listeners everywhere, let's talk about success for real. Now, we're going to make this episode a little bit interactive. I'd like you to grab some paper if possible, obviously not if you're driving a car, but I want you to answer certain questions and do a few things to get the most out of this. So get your paper ready. Here's the first thing I want to ask you. How do you define success? Just write down your answer, and uh, or just look this over in your skull for a moment. You know, it's interesting. I have delivered seminars to thousands of people on this subject, and I often start by asking them, Who here wants to be a success? And of course, everyone raises their hand. And then my next question is, okay, you all want to be a success. So you tell me, what indicator or sign are you going to use to tell you that you are now a success? In other words, how do you measure success? I'm asking you right now, and I invite you to write that down next. Now, when I ask this question of an audience, I get a lot of sort of fumbling around and long lags in communication, 
You know, the arms go straight up when I ask who wants to be successful. But when I ask how are you going to measure that, to be honest, the group looks rather stumped. Oh, hmm, hmm. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you want to write down the word money. The audience wants to answer the word money. But they don't spit that out. Why? How come they don't say it? Because they know in their heart of hearts, this is not the real indicator of success. It doesn't hurt to have money, and there's nothing wrong with having lots of money honestly come by. But can we use this as our measure of success? Well, if we consider that drug and substance abuse would indicate that someone is not considering their life a success, we come to discover from such sources as the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration in the United States that substance abuse is not limited to any particular socioeconomic group. Substance use disorders can affect individuals from all walks of life, regardless of their economic status. Just look at your news feed, wherever you're getting your news from. Has that not seemed apparent that fame, money, looks, talent are no guarantee of happiness? Does it not seem that broken relationships, mental health issues, physical health issues, drug problems, even suicides seem to plague the rich and poor alike? Clearly, money alone cannot measure success. So if money doesn't measure success, what does? What are you going to use to measure your approach to success? How are you even going to know you've made it, that you're now, okay, here I am, I'm a bona fide success. Look at this. I'm the pride of our family. You know, my mom and dad, whose only wish for me was that I was a success. And now they know I'm a success because they can measure it. They can see my house. They can see my car. They can see my bank account. They know what school I'm sending their grandkids to. But does the guy feel like a success? I don't know. Is that going to measure it? How are you going to get there if you're not dead certain where there is? Well, we're going to answer that as fully as we can with this episode. Your odds of success are going to be much, much greater if you can define it. According to Mr. Oxford, a reliable dictionary here, here is a definition of success. The accomplishment of an aim or purpose. And I give an example. There's a thin line between success and failure. I don't know about that, but, but certainly the definition is adequate. The accomplishment of an aim or purpose. And it comes from mid-16th century, from Latin, successus, from the word succedere, come close after, which of course comes from succeed. Latin succedere, come close after, from sub close to sedere to go. So this is something that's supposed to come after something you do, someplace you go. Pretty simple definition. If this is a definition of success, and all we need to do to be successful is to what? Accomplish our purpose. See? Simple. Only one catch. What is your purpose? If you've got it, Perfect. Write down on that piece of paper and follow it. Follow your purpose dedicatedly, intelligently, solving the barriers that will inevitably arise by increasing your competence 
and understanding and success will closely follow. But not everyone has clearly defined their basic purpose and consequently success becomes impossible. L. Ron Hubbard once wrote, quote, the only tests of a life well lived are, did he do what he intended and were people glad he lived? L. Ron Hubbard. So, what is intention? Let's look this one up in dictionary.com. Here's the definition. An act or instance of determining mentally upon some action or result, the end or object intended, purpose. What is it you intend to do? Mr. Hubbard also once stated this, which we have covered in earlier episodes. Quote, the basic formula of living, not life, is having and following a basic purpose. Owen Hubbard. What is it you intend to do? This, this is the big question. This is the most important question in achieving success, having a clear idea of what one intends to do. In other words, knowing with certainty what your basic purpose is. If you don't have that, not all the tea in China nor all the corn in Iowa is going to make you a success. Maybe others will view you in awe and say, wow, what a success. But the most important person to recognize your success is, guess who? It's you. My fourth grade teacher once told me, as your fourth grade teacher probably told you, you can fool everyone else, but you can't fool yourself. To the degree that you are not following the basic formula of living, in other words, following your basic purpose, I guess you could say you're following instead the basic formula to not living. And we have a word for that in the English language. It's called dying. And unfortunately, there are too many people dying, sometimes subtly and sometimes not so subtly, as they wreck their lives and their chances for success by deviating from their basic purpose or not having a clear idea of what it is. So that is your most important exercise today. With that piece of paper in front of you, write down what you intend to do in this life. What is your purpose? If you nail that down, you have pretty much nailed down success as long as you persist and continue to learn the skills to competence that you can acquire through dedicated pursuit and study of truth. For which, I might add, you have a head start if you're studying the works of L. Ron Hubbard, as many of you have now discovered. If you want some tips to discovering your basic purpose, we went into this in some detail in episode 50 of volume 1 of Business Wise, entitled Finding Your Basic Purpose. I'm not going to repeat that data here, so if you need to go back and listen to it, just do so. But I want to expand on it a little bit, maybe give you some more information that can point you in the right direction. Now, in vogue today is the subject of be, do, have. And we discussed this in episode 41 of volume 2 of Business Wise, entitled Setting the Record Straight on Be, Do, Have. While many people out there, speakers, motivational speakers, and so on, while many relay bits and pieces of this vital sequence, was actually first discovered and formulated by L. Ron Hubbard in his early research. And I recommend you review that episode as well if you need to. But there is an article he authored on 13 November 1970 called Planning by Product, where he covers the sequence of B2Have as it applies to management and administration. And I want to cover some of this with you now. So he says here, he says, Quote, one of the cycles or correct sequences of action is be, do, have. This sequence is often altered in orgs 
which remember that's short for organizations. So he says this sequence is often altered in orgs and even in individuals. B is first in the physical universe. Do is second. Have is third. By getting it out of sequence, a considerable confusion can be generated. A lot of riddles of human behavior, these are, these are still Mr. Hubbard's words, a lot of riddles of human behavior can be solved by realizing this goes out of sequence or gets omissions. And Mr. Hubbard gives an example. The Spanish peasant and the Spanish officials go to war at the drop of a straw. Their history is jammed with revolts. The peasant knows that if he is a peasant, B, and does his work, do, he should have. The Spanish official is stuck in B. He has, so he can be, and he doesn't have to do anything. Also, a degree or title in Spain is a B, and there is no do. So there is no have, unless it comes from the peasant. The two altered cycles collide. So you get the idea. You can have a situation where you decide, well, you know, I want, I need to have something. So, but not necessarily, and you know, so obviously I'm going to have to do something so that I can have something. Uh, what do I have to be? Well, I guess I have to have a good job. That means I have to have a, you know, be an employee, maybe I have to be an entrepreneur. I have to be a business owner. Not really sure what that business owner, uh, hat would look like, but, um, something that'll make me a lot of money because I want to have a lot of have and uh, I'd like to keep my due down. This is the kind of rationale that would be taking place, you know, yeah, I want to have a nice home, you know, and I want to have a, a house in the country and I want to be able to have a good car, you know, so well, obviously I have to do something. I have to go to school for that. I have to, you know, what occupation is going to be remunerative so that I can, you know, have all those things, what I have to do. Uh, I guess I have to be a student. I have to be this is kind of how the be-do-have cycle works. But the question becomes, where, what precedes the be? You see that? Like, okay, uh, well, I worked my be out by going backwards from the have. Okay, well, then let me ask you this question. What determines the have? If you're going to think about, well, I want to arrive at a beingness. So l- let me just finish this reference. So he then goes on to say this. Juvenile delinquency and shattered lives in the West stem directly from corruptions of this cycle. Children in the West are commonly asked, what are you going to be when you grow up? It is a silly question and can drive any child up the wall because it's the wrong question, hits the wrong end of the cycle. He can't work out his personal org board easily. He's also asked, what are you going to do in life? That's just as bad. It's quite difficult to answer. You have to do, and, and here's the key. Here's the key datum from LRH. Okay, he says, you have to do an org board backwards. So your org board, if you haven't listened to any of the episodes on the organizing board, you should listen to them. I know I'm referring to a lot of earlier episodes, but this is, even though this is a fundamental that I'm covering with you, there's a lot of earlier information that is going to help you to understand this better. See? And part of it is the understanding of the organizing board which is a cycle of production from left to right, starting with the idea of what the product's going to be and then setting up the lines and the various individuals who'll be handling things and so on and you know doing your sales and your marketing and collecting the funds and delivering the product and qualifying the product and then distributing the product. This is a flow from left to right of an organization. That's what your org board is there for, all right? 
But he says you have to do an org board backwards, establish the product, have. Find out what to do to achieve it, and only then really can you accurately discover what one has to be to accomplish this. So your efforts to arrive at a beingness has to start with a decision on what the havingness is. So what am I producing? And then based on what I am going to produce that I'm going to now exchange with society, right? Because that's what a product is, a valuable final product. That's a product that you are now exchanging with society for the wherewithal to survive, to 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 yourself prosper. Again, earlier podcasts on valuable final products. You need to have a valuable final product. If you're going to survive in society, you need to deliver something to society. That's your product, your valuable final product. That's a have, okay? And all have comes from a do, and all do comes from a be. But if you want to be on purpose, if you want to live your life in a purpose-oriented fashion, does that not play into what's the product going to be then? What, what's the havingness that we are now going to create in exchange with society? So is there then a step before determining the havingness so that we can then determine the doingness and the beingness? Because only then, if our havingness aligns with a purpose, can we be sure that the beingness is something that we're going to be happy with, that it aligns with our purpose? All right. So let's take a look here. Let's take a look here. I am now going to introduce you to something I've never introduced you to before. But in order to do that, I first must clear a word with you. And that word is the word factor. So according to Mr. Oxford, a factor is a circumstance, fact, or influence that contributes to a result or outcome. She worked fast, conscious of the time factor. So that's your word factor. And that comes from Middle English, actually, from French facteur or Latin factor, from fact done. Isn't that interesting? From the verb passere, which means to do. So a factor is something that contributes to a result or outcome. It's something that's been done that now contributes to a result or outcome. It's a factor. What are the factors in his success? What are the factors to creating a successful family? Okay, these these are just some usage of the word factor. So now, April the 23rd, 1953, L. Ron Hubbard, humbly tendered as a gift to man what he described as the factors. And to use his words, he describes them as summation of the considerations and examinations of the human spirit and the material universe completed between 1923 and 1953 A.D. So here, Mr. Hubbard outlines 30 factors or circumstances, facts, or influences that contribute to the result or outcome of what we are experiencing today, what we are experiencing today as a physical and spiritual universe that make up our day-to-day existence. These are the factors, and I'm not going to cover all 30 of them, but I want to cover the first two 
because they have relevance to exactly what we're talking about. The first factor, factor one, I quote, before the beginning was a cause, and the entire purpose of the cause was a creation of effect. Read that to you again. Before the beginning was a cause, and the entire purpose of the cause was a creation of effect. That's factor one. Factor two. In the beginning and forever is a decision, and the decision is to be. So here now we see that there is a beginning point. What is a beginning point? Well, you have to be before you can do and before you can have, but you work out your be based on the have. What is the product? You work that out backwards. This is, I want to save human beings from suffering through calamity. That's, that's the product I want. I want saved human beings. To do that, maybe I could go and rescue them from a disaster circumstance. I guess I'll be a fireman. So now, here's a person who has decided on his product, the effect he intends to create, saved lives and figures out what he has to do to have that and what he has to be to do that. That's your sequence. But something proceeded before the beginning. You are a cause point. Your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, your friends, they are all cause points. Before the beginning was a cause. Before we embark on our career, on our lives, on our, what are we going to devote ourselves to? The question becomes, what is the effect we are seeking to create? Because before the beginning was a cause, and the entire purpose of the cause was a creation of effect. Save lives. I have to go and rescue people. That's the do. So the B would be a fireman. So now you start to figure out, now that aligns with what? A purpose. So something precedes beingness, because beingness is in the beginning. But before the beginning is a purpose. So now, you can take that piece of paper, and you can write down, what is the effect that I want to create with my life? with what I am doing, with society. And this is one of the reasons why, and I have just observed this to be true, but I have found that people who live their lives on their purpose line seem to always prosper across the dynamics. It doesn't really matter. They're not. They're living. They're not dying. And the effects that they are creating parallel their purpose. Their products parallel their purpose. and. Interestingly enough, people seem to be very, very willing to have their lives saved, to have their families housed, be well taken care of in terms of health and being healed and so forth. People respond to on-purpose people, and those on-purpose people don't seem to have an issue with money. I mean, maybe they're billionaires and maybe they aren't. That's not the point. They are successful. Why? Because they are creating the effect that they have postulated as a purpose. Before the beginning was a cause, and the entire purpose of the cause was the creation of effect. I am going to create this effect. That is what I am going to accomplish. And from there, with that, that effect, 
now, which is a havingness, let's work backwards. What do I have to do to create that effect? And what do I have to be? And there, in the beginning and forever, is a decision. And the decision is to be. Now, your beingness lines up with the effect you seek to create, the havingness you're seeking to create. And in my observation, the individuals who conduct their lives in that way, well, for one thing, people seem to be very glad that they lived. So they passed the second test. And if they worked hard, and they studied, and they learned, and they did not wilt before opposition, figured out how to overcome the barriers by increasing their competence, well, they passed the first test as well. Did he do what he intended? Which brings us back to that quote from Mr. Hubbard, the only tests of a life well lived are, did he do what he intended, and were people glad he lived? LRH. So, I don't know. Uh, I thought I would put a new twist on this subject of success, one that I have not relayed or covered before. Some of the things I've mentioned earlier in this episode did touch on things that I've discussed. I've referred you to a number of earlier episodes, but I hope that this has given you now a new look at how to find and establish your basic purpose. You just have to ask yourself, what is the effect? that you are seeking to create. And uh, that will be a havingness, the end result of a production cycle, of a doingness. So from there, you can work it out backwards to arrive at your beingness. And from there, I postulate for you a very, very worthwhile life that cleanly passes these two tests. Did he do what he intended? And we're people glad he lived. All right. That wraps it up. That's my little talk on success. Hope it was helpful to my friends in Africa and anybody else who is listening. Promised you I would give you a special episode. This is it. Let me know what you think. Write me back. Info at wiseeastus.org. We'll get back onto our continuing series. We're just about ready to wrap up our episodes on the conditions formulas. We're just going to cover the power formula now and uh, there is another formula that comes after that there's actually two power formulas we're going to cover those and then one final formula about three more episodes and we'll wrap up the conditions and get on to something else but thought i'd take a little break to do this special episode for my uh, friends in africa and to all of the listeners uh thank you very very much for listening talk again next week